All right, peace, everybody. What's going on? So, um, this is something that um, it's kind of been brewing on my mind a little bit because there's been certain conversations that I've had with people, and you know, oftentimes this happens. Um, probably with you guys too, but you will have a conversation. Oftentimes, things will get blown out of proportion. Things will turn into an argument, and when you're arguing with someone, if you're ever arguing arguing with someone for too long either one person doesn't know what they're talking about or both people doesn't doesn't know what they're talking about so a lot of the times when you're having a discussion with someone once again things can be taken out of proportion and you can get lost in the sauce because things are getting you know too um tense and a lot of people are uh oftentimes they're too emotionally invested in what they're talking about and sounding right rather than actually just you know, nipping things in the bud. You don't have to argue about everything. You don't have to have a conversation about everything. And if there's something that somebody says that you don't agree with, okay, that's fine. And going out your way, you guys can, you know, agree to disagree. Okay, you know, you disagree. There's a reason that you disagree. But this is oftentimes why, you know, I don't go back and forth too t- um, often too much on social media. This is something that I learned from somebody um by the name of Chronicles of Judah. 144 on Patreon. You can subscribe there and also on YouTube. I think that's a really good channel. <clears throat> but it's a sentiment that uh, Chronicles of Judah makes that, um, you know, that I follow as well. I'm not going to go back and forth with too many people in the comments on social media and things of that nature because I'll see certain things and, you know, I'll, you know, give my two cents. And a lot of the times people disagree with things that I say. You know, that's fine. Not everyone is going to, you know, First of all, you, you're never going to agree 100% with anyone 100% of the time, okay? So with certain things that you will say, you know, that people, that may get people riled up and you got to understand that, you know, you don't have to take every every single battle, <laughs> you know? So once again, this one is going to be called, uh, what do you know? What is it that you know? And this can be referred to anything, right? So when it comes to the basis of a conversation, on anything, right? The basis level. So you know the one in the the one in the two dimensional level of a, of a conversation. The basis, right? So it means there's nothing more into it. There's nothing, you know, that you have to insinuate or things of that nature. Just the basic common ground, you know, things of a conversation that will hold a conversation. Okay, so you can be talking about sports, for instance. If I'm having a conversation with um, a good friend of mine, Nathan. Right. If I'm having a conversation with Nathan about sports, there's certain things that we won't talk about because there's certain things that he doesn't know like I know. And there's certain things that, you know, he also won't talk about because he knows that I don't know. All right. So at the end of the day, you always have to understand that you never get lost in your own understanding, because, of course, that's what the scriptures also says. And that's what the scriptures also tell you to never get lost in your own understanding. And that's why you have companions, brothers, friends, you know, things of that nature. Because you guys all have your own different fields of endeavor, but you guys all have, um, you know, probably the same studying habits or work ethics and things of that nature. So when you're talking amongst, you know, when you're talking <laughs> amongst somebody, when you're talking to someone trying to have a conversation with someone who doesn't um, understand or study the game of basketball, once again, like I was like, if there's a conversation about basketball with Nathan, if you're having a conversation about basketball and the person that you're talking to with that you're talking to doesn't. Um, they don't know anything about basketball. It, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to have a, a productive conversation. It's just like when, when I talk about my top 10, and a lot of the times I'm considered hating 
um, on LeBron James, you know, because I have him. Um, currently, I actually have him um, within the top five, but I've had him outside, just outside the top five, right after Larry Bird. And people would consider I'm hating, but, you know, and I tell people, you know, it's certain things that Larry Bird has done. <clears throat> it's certain things that Larry Bird has done that LeBron James just hasn't done. They have the same amount of accolades, and Larry Bird played, you know, just about half the amount of time and about half the time span. You know, so with certain things, I'm not going to fully indulge with somebody in a conversation about LeBron James and Larry Bird if they don't know anything about Larry Bird. You understand? So it's the same thing. I was having a conversation with a really good friend of mine. Um, I sent him a video, and it was talking about the uh, preparation of the collapse that's coming very soon um, to America. And I sent him a video, and, you know, there were certain things that were said in the video that he wanted to talk about, and he sent the video to another person. Right. So, you know, we all ended up getting together and he um, he was saying the person when we ended up getting together, um, you know, my boys, my boy's homeboy was getting a little bit of was getting a little bit frustrated with my boy because my boy was sent to the video by me and he sent it to the other homie. So, you know, the other homie asked questions for my homeboy and he's like, yo, I, I want to get you to get together with my boy Amir because he sent me all of this. I'm just not getting into it type things or type thing. So. You know, long story short, you know, once again, we're talking about the preparation of the collapse. That's what the video was talking about was, you know, preparation of the collapse that's coming to America very soon. So he was asking me pretty much, you know, long story short, what would be the point of preparing for the collapse and how would you prepare for a collapse? And he was saying pretty much it's been multiple times like the like the Mayan calendar in 2000. Was it 2012? Things of that nature, same as um, with the internet, it wasn't supposed to go past the year 1999 and things that like that. Things of that nature that there, you know, the world was supposed to end and things of that nature. And I'm saying that I'm not necessarily saying that the world is going to end, but when a collapse comes to America, we all know what's coming. All right. So once again, he was saying, how do you pre prepare for a collapse and what is the point of, of preparing for a collapse? And the point of preparing for for any the point of preparing for anything is because once again life is is pretty much pretty much a huge test. It's not easy. It's pretty complicated actually, but you know all you have to do is really just apply yourself. And when you apply yourself, you're mainly using brain power. So the point of that would be to it would be to get your mind right. Right? If there's certain things going on, you know, if the collapse comes and there's certain things that happens with the collapse, you know, we're not going to be able to have the technology. You're not going to be able to call your brother or your father or your cousin or get people together that you know, you know, might be able to be helpful in this situation. You know, so if you don't prepare and plan and strategize for things like that, when it does happen, you're just asked out. Would you rather be, you know, asked out or would you rather be better safe than sorry? People always tell you better. You'd rather be better safe than sorry. Right. So that's the thing. One thing that makes Floyd Mayweather such a great, um, at, at least in my opinion, the greatest fighter and the greatest boxer of all time is because his mental strength. You know, Floyd Mayweather didn't have the greatest childhood growing up. But for Floyd, you know, for Floyd to be, you know, exactly what he, for him to be what he is, we have to take notes on certain things like this. Floyd Mayweather is so great because of his mental acuity and his mental strength in and outside of the ring, especially inside of the ring. So inside of the ring, he prepares outside of the ring and he prepares outside of the ring. We never see Floyd 
get flustered. We never see him panic because of the mental preparation. Because of what Floyd knows. He knows if there's something that he's uncomfortable with. Floyd knows if there's something that he doesn't prepare for, then he will get rattled if he faces that. So he tries to get himself prepared for everything that may happen. That's why you never see him frustrated. All right, same thing with sports. Um, Kawhi Leonard, you know, what made him seem like such a great, what made him, you know, what makes him such a great leader on the floor, um, you know, is the fact that he doesn't have to say much. It's the fact that when you look over him, he's never phased. You understand? So with the Toronto Raptors, those guys have never been able to do anything until Kawhi Leonard went over there. All right, with DeMar DeRozan, he's always been talking about, um, you know, he's had depression issues and, you know, th- things of that nature. You know, he's he's mentally weak. You understand? So so when you're in a point of stress or if you're at a, you know, a highly stressed situation, then the mental acuity and the mental strength is a very, very key role, especially if you're going to be with people. Someone's going to need to be... Um, you know, you're going to need to be leaders. Leaders are born and they're not made. Kawhi Leonard was born a leader. That's a quality that he was given through birth. That's a God-given trait. You understand? So, which is one reason why he's such a great leader on the floor. Once again, the Toronto's have never done anything. All right, they've never been known to do anything. With DeMar Rosen and Kyle Lowry, they had two people who were expected to be able to get past LeBron multiple times. And LeBron just shut that shit down. You know, and we should credit LeBron's greatness to that, but we also have to be able to give Kawhi Leonard, you know, some proper due diligence and respect as well. Okay, when you look over at, at DeMar DeRozan, when you're at Kyle Lowry and you look over at a DeMar DeRozan in a clutch situation or a highly stressed and pressurized situation, and he and you can see in his face that he doesn't believe in himself, he doesn't trust in himself, he doesn't know what to do, that's going to wear off on you. That's going to rub off on you. When you look over at a Kawhi Leonard, he's never phased. He's never phased. And I think a lot of, and you know, that has to do with the mental acuity. Kawhi Leonard knows his role. He doesn't have to say and do too much, you know. But once again, Kawhi Leonard is, the, but, but while we're on the topic, Kawhi Leonard is a leader on the floor while we're on the topic. All right. Just like with Michael Jordan, he was the leader on the floor. He wasn't the leader of that Bulls team. The leader of that Bulls team was Phil Jackson. All right. The leader of that, um, of those Lakers squads were Phil Jackson. The leader was not Kobe. All right. Kobe was on the floor. The leader. Well, when Shaq left, he was on the floor. The leader was Shaq and Kobe was Shaq. But the actual leader was Phil Jackson. OK, so a lot of people are um, not to, not really to get off topic too much. Beginning um, with the whole Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers and the Lakers thing a little bit and Doc Rivers being fired. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with with, with what Kawhi Leonard says, because what he said. Um, it's not like he was throwing shots at anybody. He was speaking the truth. The Clippers made no adjustments whatsoever to what the Nuggets were doing. All right, so you would have to, you know, the player who's going to get the person who's going to get most of the blame is Kawhi Leonard. You know, I don't think he's deflect from that whatsoever. But um, you know, the leader is actually supposed to be the coach. They're supposed to be implementing a system. You know, and the player is supposed to make sure that the players. Um, the leader on the floor is supposed to make sure that the um, auxiliary players are implementing that system while they're out there on the court. Okay, so the coach has to implement something that works for the for the entire. That's you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That you know, that's conducive. That's the word I'm looking for. That's conducive to the entire flow of the team. 
all right, that style of basketball that they were playing was not conducive to the entire flow of the team. It was just my turn, your turn with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you know, not settling for the mid-range games, you know, just just forcing shots and, you know, just settling, you know, for threes and things of that nature and giving up as well. So, but anyways, getting back to the point, it's just mainly sticking to what you know. What do you know? All right. When it comes time in the wilderness, if you don't plan, if you don't strategize, and if you don't prepare for, <clears throat> if you don't prepare for everything that possibly can happen, you're going to be shook out there. All right, there's certain things that you're probably not going to be able to prepare yourself for, but you have to do your due diligence in preparing for everything as strong and as much as you possibly can. All right, I'm not telling you what. You I'm not going to try to tell you <laughs> what you should be doing or what you need to be doing. That's not what I'm doing at all. I'm just telling you what I know. All right. And, you know, if you do, if you do listen here, um, there's a reason probably that you do come back, you know, because and I've, it, it's, it's been proven that, you know, that there's a reason why, you know, once again, you know, why you guys, you know, come back to the podcast. I don't post every single week. I don't post all the time. You know, but. I do have a very good understanding of what I talk about because once again, most of the things that I talk about is through study, through trial and tribulation. All right. And it's through, um, and when I say study, this is, um, con con conducive, conductive research that I'm doing. All right. So I have books, more than one book on the situation. Okay. Written by PhD scholars and things of that nature. So if you have an issue, I always sort my slices. But once again, um, it's my little cousin listens uh, to my YouTube channel, my podcast, and he, he tells me all the time whenever we talk, you know, about certain situations that I post on here, you know, because he tells me, man, that stuff that you talk about is crazy. That stuff is facts. I'd be looking it up with you, with you, whoopers and things of that nature. And that's why he can trust in me, because he knows that I know what I'm talking about. And it's the same resignation with your family. This is why the most high places the man over the household. You're the leader. Okay, so if you don't know what you're talking about, how are you going to be able to capture your children and be able to have your children leave behind you? Okay, so at the end of the day, once again, the point the, the, the point of this video is what do you know? All right, I don't care about what you think. I don't care about what you feel. Tell me what it is, you know. That's another reason why I don't also don't go back and forth too much. Oftentimes, I'm like Chronicles of Judah says in comments, I'm on social media and especially with women because people are too emotionally invested and they're trying to tell you how they feel rather than what it is or what they know on the situation. You understand? So you have to know your limits. That way you don't get yourself caught up in certain situations. If you know your limits, if you know not to take the woman serious, then you wouldn't be getting yourself caught up in situations going back and forth with these hoes out here on the, you know, on the streets and things of that nature and talking crazy. And, you know what I mean? And having these things hurt you and shit like that. Because you would know you're because you know that you're not supposed to be taking these women serious anyway. If you were if you were so-called brother or man of, um, you know, high value, if you consider yourself a high valued man, a man of high value, I should say. Yeah, I said that right the first time.
But still. So even, damn. So even once again, I was having a conversation uh, with my boy about the preparation. The point of preparation, plan, planning, and strategizing is once again so you understand your environment, you know where you are, and you know what it is you're going to need to do in, so, in, in said time. Which is why in one of the YouTube videos, one of the things that I've said is, um, you know, if, if, if I said one time on, um, you know, my social media, I, I often ask people, you know, when I when I say certain things and I post certain things and people try to go back and forth with me, rather than going back and forth with them, I ask them, what was the last thing that you read and when was the last time that you read it? Okay, so if you, I understand, you know, people have lives and people have a nine to five and a regular job and, you know, People also have things outside of that because not everybody, um, thanks to Donald Trump, is looking to just work for someone else and make someone and make someone else rich. All right. Donald Trump is helping um, everyone else focus on, you know, owning some type of business and things of that nature. On the psychological level, that's exactly what he's doing. A lot of people don't like what Trump is doing and say he's doing a bad job. As uh, I, I think I, and and I'm not a I'm not a voter. I'm never into politics and things of that nature. But Donald Trump. He's done a lot of things. If I was a so-called white man, that's how I know that he's done a good job. That's what I would compare. Because my dad asked me, he would. He was like, well, I wouldn't know if Donald Trump did a good job because I don't pay attention. I know what I would do. Um, my comparison is, if I was a so-called white man, would I agree with the things that Donald Trump does? In hell, yes. If I was a white man, I would have been voting for Donald Trump, and I would be voting for him again. All right? Donald Trump knows his role. All right, he's not trying to appease... Um, the 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 Black Lives Matter movement. He's not trying to appease all you pro blackity blacks and all you pro wokeity woke niggas who act like y'all finna start the revolution tomorrow, but you niggas ain't finna do a damn thing. He's not finna trying to appease the Asians, Asian American. He's not trying to to appease the Jews. He's not trying to appease the Arabs and Middle Easterns and Eritrea. He's not trying to appease any of them. He's appeasing his statistician who he represents, which is the middle-aged white American men. Or males, I should say. Middle-aged white American men, all right? That's just why, as it, it's exactly the same reason why he had a... Um, why he had that, you know, back and forth between, you know, LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, and them, and as well as the NFL. All right, because Donald Trump is a representative of the middle America. But anyway, just to get back on point, um, you have to make sure that that you do your due diligence in practicing and studying for and preparing, what the fuck, and making sure that you prepare for everything that you possibly could. If you're in a wilderness and things, you know, you don't have contact to your family, you know, you might have been with your family when things crack off and you got to go into the wilderness, right? If you're with your family, you have to prepare yourself to be able to see your family get killed because if that, if that happens, then what? If you don't prepare yourself mentally for something like that to happen, then what? What is your next plan? It may be wrong to think about things like this. That's good. It may be wrong to think about things like this, but you have to. This type of stuff is key in keeping your sanity.
is the mental preparation of things. Once again, that's why the Most High puts you as the head, so-called black man, because you are the leader. One reason why I do what I do, why I've always been like this, and, you know, people would tell me in class and things of that nature, because I would even break some of my teachers off with some of the truth that I've learned in, growing up in Islam from my father, because my father always knows what he's talking about. He put that fire in me to be able to do the same type of thing, except I want to be able to do better. I want to be able to do better. So with certain things that I'm doing or that I've done that my dad didn't do because I have to go out there and make sure that I do, you know, I got to make sure I take it a, a notch higher. My dad gave me the knowledge that he didn't have at the age that I was. So it's only right that I go and do, that I do what's right. I feel like that's what's right for me to do because I've always been a smart and into, into, into intelligent and into intellectual person, individual. You know, so that's pretty much what started the what started the flame to me is you know is my dad and you know my dad has been <laughs> he's not the greatest leader but the, he's the he's the best leader for me he's the greatest leader for me aside from the most high but that's not comparable of course and that's a huge reason why I say um I'm not a fan of anything the teams that I like of course are the Boston Celtics and the Green Bay Packers, those are the teams that I follow and the teams that I like, but I'm not a fan. Only thing I'm a fan of is God, the most high, and my father, my pops. Shout out to shout out to Pops. Shout out, shout out my dad, man. But you're supposed to be the leader. And if you were the leader, you're going to have things and you're going to have people following you. That's why Jesus, or uh, uh, the so-called man Jesus has such a huge following. Right? You don't have so you don't have a huge following if you don't know if you don't know a little bit of what you're talking about. In this day and age, you can because you know so much people and sheep are just lost. They're gonna go along with the flow. But if you're a man of so-called um, high value, then everything should be pretty much about what it is that you know. Right. Even even when you talk to so-called women, right, if you're a man of so-called high value, a lot of the times the women that you're talking to are going to be turned off. Because a lot of the women, the women are set up right now to be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, intermediaries, the women are set up to be intermediaries and representatives of this era and new age. That's why you so-called black men are at the very, very bottom of the totem pole. All right. They want the women, they want the woman to be the leader of the so-called um, new era under this new uh, one world government. You know, you don't have to believe what I'm saying, things of that nature. That's that's all fine and dandy. But you going, but but you guys are going to learn that the things that I say, I have no reason to lie. I have no reason to lie about. All right. Y'all going to learn that the things that I say, <laughs> if you haven't already, that the things that I say nigga or nigga straight up straight up you feel me not straight up straight up straight up all right so when you're talking to a lot of the times when you're talking to these to these women out here especially the westernized women they're going to be turned off to the things that you say because of the things that you know 
a lot of the time it will even be hard because or you feel like you're being disingenuous because you would have to hold back from the things that you know rather than things that you think you understand that's why even in order to encapsulate a woman you have to know something in order for her to be able so the woman is going to reproduce with the best with whoever she sees suitable best you understand so that's why um the hell that's why oftentimes a man is referred to as a simp when he raises another woman's children because whether he's doing it willingly he's admitting whether he's doing so willingly or subterraneously or subconsciously pretty much that he's getting the tail in right so him taking care of another woman's child is somehow admitting that he you know it is you know his way of showing that you know he's pretty much a beta you you, you would that's why in, in the lion kingdom um you know the the lion when it would get with a lioness and it already has children it would it would eat those cubs and it would kill them all right because there's something called there's something in the male's dna that just doesn't you, you you're not going to be able to love another woman's child the way that you love yours but still you're going to be willing to lower your standards even though that you can go ahead and have children past the age of 60 and 70 and 50 years old and women have trouble having children by the age of 45 that's why um, a lot of the times once they have children and they reach about the age of 45 they're in a rush to get married because their biological clock is ticking men don't have that biological clock so you settling down is somehow um, subconsciously admitting that you you know you, you don't have too much confidence in yourself and that's why oftentimes you know in, in, in the Egyptian times and the old times the contracts were sealed in blood because they were much more aligned with the times of the scriptures of historians and actual scientists right but a lot of the contracts were sealed in were sealed in blood so that means when you will marry a woman if she weren't to be a virgin you know if she didn't have that hymen you know the blood if you were to have sex that con you know that hymen that that's your contract you know you're marrying this woman because she has something that no one else has that no one else has gotten. What's the point of marrying someone that everybody done fucked? You understand? So that's why oftentimes it was frowned upon for women to not be virgins. They would kill themselves. Because it was dishonorable. If you were to marry a woman who didn't have, um, you know, her hymen intact. Then, you know, it was a problem for you. You understand? So... But they knew, you know, <laughs> they knew how to run a society and in strong societies, which is not in America, you have culture. We don't have a culture out here in America. And this is something that I've, that I've constantly touched on and that I will constantly touch on because this is something that I know. All right. One thing that I know is that the uh, Jews, you know, one, one thing, one reason why us as so-called black people, we're never going to be able to get anywhere is because we're still expecting another race to, to, to give us reparations. We're expecting another race collectively to feel pity and sorrow for us. Pity and sorrow doesn't come on a group consensus base. That's going to be done individually. You're never going to get a whole group to give you anything. The Jews run the bank, so that's how they're able to give themselves reparations because they own all the banks, so they're pretty much paying themselves, right? That's their culture. 
money. When you think of Jews, you think of money. Same thing with the Middle Easterns and, and uh, Palestinians and, uh, excuse me, the Ottoman Turks and things of that nature, right? And the Indians. They run the oil, right? They also run a huge part of the tobacco industry. That's why when they come over here and set up the smoke shops and shops, that's, what that, that's often what they're selling, okay? They don't have any respect for you. They practice Islam, and they come over here and sell you pork that they don't eat themselves, but you eat it. When we talk about um, the Asians, what is it that the Asians run? And the Chinese and the Japanese and things of that nature, they run the technology, and they also run the labor, the labor force. All right, so... Um, also, when we, uh, who would be in a, you know, and Asians are actually the strongest group in economic culture on the planet, right? And so-called black people in America, we don't have that, especially so-called black people. But once again, that's why even back in the old times, they were able to be so progressive because they had a very strong culture. They had a very strong knowledge and sense and understanding of their culture. So, um, even once again, Everything is about what you know. If you don't know anything, you're not going to be able to encapsulate anyone or be able to really um, engrave yourself in anything conducive, especially in society. When we talk about Floyd Mayweather, I actually did a review on uh, Floyd Mayweather with him saying that he's not African. He's not an African-American. Right. And you can disagree. And, you know, that's fine. But Floyd makes a very, very good point. All right. I did a review. Um. Floyd Mayweather saying that he's not um, an African American, you know, because technically there is no such thing as an African American. You understand? And um, Floyd did a really good job for Floyd to not be um, for Floyd to not be a literal human being. For him to be an illiterate person, he's he's, he's a pretty intelligent person because he's been able to you know sit back and ha watch his watch his money make money just like a, uh, a Michael Jordan does. And Michael Jordan grew up, you know, in a really good household with his father and things of that nature. Um, Floyd Mayweather, he grew up with his father as well, but his father was abusive and his father was also in and out of prison. Went to prison, I think when he said he was 14, 15, something like that. You know, so, and him and his father didn't even have a good relationship their entire life. They've been, they've been on and off. Anybody who's ever watched the 24-7s, you know what I'm talking about and you've probably seen it yourself. Um, but Floyd um, had had his uncle when his dad was gone, but so he still had a strong sense of, you know, that, you know, that guidance from a father figure in that sense. And that's why, you know, that may be, you know, a good reason um, as to why Floyd has his head on his shoulders, even though he's not, you know, an allegedly a smart or a literate human being. Doesn't know how to read and write, but he's been able to make, you know, sit back once again and make his money, watch his money, make money. You understand? Because Floyd knows, key word, knows what he can do. He knows his limits. You understand? He's the one who can come back and pimp the system, even though he's a retired boxer. And people still beg him to lose. People still want to watch a retired boxer lose. He's not even a boxer anymore, okay? He said it many times. Floyd Mayweather is an entertainer. When he comes back, they still hope and still want him to lose as if it's going to affect him. But if he does lose it, you know, probably somehow will and have some huge detriment on him. But regardless, Floyd, May Floyd Mayweather is, you know, probably the greatest, the greatest, the, not probably, 
is the greatest boxer of all time, greatest fighter of all time, in my opinion. But anyways, um, for Floyd not to be, you know, that great, or, you know, not that great, because Floyd is uniquely great. For Floyd not to be that smart of a person, once again, he's maxed out on everything that he could do. Out of everything else that he could do. You know, so we have to give Floyd some type of credit and some type of due diligence for that. At least I would, and I, and I, and I do. I salute him for it. But I was um, in the video, he was saying he was saying that, you know, he would be able to fight in the Olympics. When he fights for the Olympics, he's an American. You understand why? Why doesn't he go and play or and fight for Africa if he's an African-American? And when he plays an American sport, he plays for the American or the African-American football team. So why in the Olympics don't they go back and play for their country like in Kyrie Irving or Steve Nash would? Or like he did, or the Mar or the Gasol brothers, or Serge Ibaka, or Pascal Siakam. You understand? So, Floyd said, um, in the video, even a lot of so-called black, uh, most of the so-called black people out here in America, the American blacks, they don't know anything about Africa. And he, he he's speaking facts. Most of you so-called. Uh, Pro-black brothers don't know a damn thing about Africa. You don't know what tribe you come from. Okay? And that's also one thing that he said. And, you know, the tribe is a very is a very key thing. I mention this all the time. But try, once you're able to identify, you know, tribally, you know, th there's, a, um, there's, a, there's a cultural significance there. That's why everyone would even tell you if you were to call an Asian and a Chinese, you know, you guys are both the same because you're yellow or, you know, because you're chinky or things of that nature. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll probably want to fight you. Not probably. They will want to fight you and they'll feel disrespected and they'll tell you, no, um, I'm Cambodian. I'm not Chinese. You know, things of that nature. Or if you call, you know, or even Africans, they tell you, you know, um, they're just not starting to subscribe to the nature of being so-called black. But they often tell you what tribe they come from. Even my friend um, Pedro Denga, his name, you know, of course, his name is Pedro, but he's he's African. He's an African man. And if I'm not mis if I'm not mistaken, he's a South African. So I want to say Nigerian. If I'm not mistaken, but his dad was a. Um, I don't want to get too much into that. But anyways, you know, they understand the um the significance of the cultural they understand the cultural significance of understanding your tribe you know so once again floyd mayweather knows that about himself and that's why you know he would be able to say that and even then um, a lot of so-called black people you know they don't like it you know you don't have to like it but that's you know how he feels and that's just his opinion you know so you can kick rocks you know and it, everyone is entitled to that but you know Regardless, you have to stick to what you know. And if you don't know otherwise, and if you can't prove otherwise based on, um, you know, conductive research or conducive research, then you don't know anything. All right, so that's all we got for now. Be safe. I'm out. Peace.